0: Now we shine your shoe like a looking glass. When that water hit them shoe, they roll right off shine. Now we shine that shoe like a looking glass. Make a fly through that uh, natural natural shine. Now we get them shoe like a looking glass. The water hit them, they gonna roll right off shine. Now we hit them shoes right on the lip, when you know them shoes gonna shine, they gonna glitz. Now we hit them shoes like a looking glass, them shoes gonna do the natural shine. <laughs> now we gonna hit them shoes like a looking glass, when they water him, they gonna roll out off shine.
1: Welcome, welcome ladies and gentlemen. I'm having a little bit of technical problems, but um, I think I have it straightened out right now. Uh, Let's see. Okay. Now, today is uh, November 7th, 2010. I'm your host, Dawid Jacob Maccabeus. You are listening to Signs and Wonders, the show that came right on time. I am hosting live from Sweden and I am so happy to host another broadcast Uh, Today's broadcast is entitled The Covenant of Lucifer and the Founding Fathers Mystery Babylon Unveiled Watcher File 5 But before we start, I must open in a word of prayer And um, let's begin Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of your Christ's precious name That you are with me on this broadcast This is a very heavy broadcast this evening I pray that you give this message to those that need to receive it I pray that you help me articulate the things that I need to say I pray that you are here with me this day, Heavenly Father And help me unveil the mysteries of Babylon. Heavenly Father, I ask that you continue to be with me, continue to strengthen my spirit. I pray the name of your gift, your son, the savior of us all. Yahushua. Hallelujah. 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 Okay. Well, let's see. Now, this is another very important broadcast. I will be uh, taking calls towards the end of this broadcast That is if I have time But it is vital that I get as much of this information out as possible I have a few documents on my website Uh, The website is of course HebrewIsraelites.eu That is HebrewIsraelites.eu I will also make this broadcast into a blog so we can actually have um written document, and I'm going to try to link to different files that I used to uh, come up with this information. And also, you'll be able to download this uh, MP3, and, uh, you know, you can download it at your convenience. And um, today I have uh, chat open today, and um, let me see, hopefully... Uh, Everything's fine I'm going to check the chat right now Make sure that it's okay And let me see I think the chat's gone Oh just said I had to restart the chat uh, Log in Okay hold on one second Let me log back into the chat Make sure the chat started Okay So the chat's on And uh, Last week I got uh, A, a, a um, caller was telling me That I need to to, to, to connect it, and I didn't know how to do that, but now I know how to do it. <laughs> okay, let me get started. All right, now, <clears throat> so let's begin. Now, the occult, okay? What is the occult? By now, those who have listened to our broadcast understand that I like to break down the definition of things so you can have a deeper understanding on what they are. And I took this definition off the web, and I'm going to read it. And it says, uh, the word occult comes from the Latin word occultus, clandestine, hidden, secret, referring to knowledge of the hidden. In the medical sense, it is used to refer to a structure or process that is hidden, occult, lead. Uh, maybe one detected indirectly by the presence or otherwise unexplained anemia. En- the word has many uses in the English language. Popular meaning knowledge of the paranormal as opposite to knowledge of the measurable usually referred to as science the term is sometimes popular taken to mean knowledge meant only for certain people or knowledge that must be kept hidden but for most practicing occultists it is simply the study of the deeper spirituality that extends beyond pure reason and the physical sciences the term esoteric and arcane I have a very similar meaning, and there and uh and the three terms are often interchangeable. Um, the term occult' is also used as a label given to a number of magical organizations or orders, the teachings and practices taught by them and to a large body of current and historical literature and spiritual philosophy related to this subject. okay now, this is a good definition. But if you really want to get into the meaning of the word, you have to go to its origin, okay? Then after that, you will get a new understanding. Now, here what I have, I have the word oranged in the cult. Now, this is what I want you to pay attention to because I actually use this to, um, wait, I have to sign into my other account. I use this one to uh, help with this study. Okay. Now, here it goes. It says, the word was founded in the 1500s. Okay. The word occult was founded in the 1500s. Uh, Let's see. The word occult was founded in the 1500s. Secret not devolved from El Acutis hidden, concealed, secret, or, um, let's say, concealed, covered over concealed from a verb related to clear, to hide, okay, meaning not to apprehend by the mind beyond the range of understanding. The word becomes associated with the supernatural sciences, magic, alchemy, astrology, etc., Starting in the 1600s, that is, in part, was due to discovery of Sir Isaac Newton concerning the laws of gravity, and the and the create and the creation of the science called natural sciences, or better known as physics. Okay, now we're going to hit on that later. Now um, I'm going to go into the chat. If you can hear me, can you say I can hear you or something? Because I had to make sure that the Skype was working. Let me uh, do a test real quick. Uh, This is not good. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to play one thing. And I'm going to test to make sure the sound is is on. And then I'll be right back, okay? So, um, let me see. (laughs) Okay. Let me just play this real quick and i'll be right back
0: it is glorious this history of ours it is a great story that of the negro in america it begins way before america was america or the usa the usa it covers a wide span our story let me tell it to you
1: Okay, I'm back. You know, um, I want I wanted to call into to Blog Talk, but then I couldn't get in. They said the phone number wouldn't work. It wouldn't accept the pin number. <sighs> Just problems. You know, I really appreciate Blog Talk. Though I'm not complaining about it because without Blog Talk, you know, we wouldn't get all these um, wonderful, uh, you know, all this information right now. I mean, there's a lot of good things on the web, and you know, we have to be grateful for this venue. So I, I do not want to speak bad about this, and I'm very happy that it happens. You know, just sometimes when we get technical problems, it just really messes up the flow of things, and uh, you know, it just wasted some time that we that I really needed to to get this out. But you know, I we will com- we will complete this right now. But to get back to um, the definition, now the point is that the word occult was founded in the 1500s. Okay, and um, of course it means meaning it means hidden but we have to understand that what was going on at this time okay now here are a few things that um that I want to uh bring up in uh the 1530s right when this word was created what was the the, the reason for the creation of this word now the Reformation of fifteen seventeen, okay, this the, that was the start of the Protestant movement. The Catholic Church began to lose its power. At this time the Pope was Leo X. Pope Leo was known for his abuse of power and for selling indulgences. Those of you who know history understand that um, Pope uh Pope Leo selling indulgences. He was removed uh but uh okay now he was um removed by poison and then he was replaced by a pope named um what was his name uh Adrian. Adrian VI. Okay? Now Pope Adrian VI tried to reform the church, but he was also murdered after just serving a year and five months. Then there was the cousin of Pope Leo X, and his name was Pope Clemente VIII. Okay, now, no, no, he was the seventh, I think. Well, it doesn't matter. His name was Pope Clemente. He was a a uh, knight of Rhodes, and he was actually responsible for creating the Knights of Malta. He was killed by poison, also in 1534. All this is going on. Now, keep your mind back to the founding of the word occult. Okay? Now we have the the Protestant Reformation, all the different popes being poisoned, the founding of the Knights of Malta. Also, at this time, we have King Henry VIII. He was the king of England, king of uh, Ireland, and the Clement to the kingdom of France. He was known for having six wives, or basically six marriages, and he had two divorces, and those divorces were beheading. Henry VIII is known for his role in the separation of the Church of England and uh, Church of England from the Roman Catholic Church. All right, his struggle with Rome led to the separation of the Church uh, from the papal authority and the dissolution dess- of the monasteries. Now, these monasteries, these were like uh, the, the the occult breeding grounds. There are certain certain things that you had to do in order to be a monk. And these things that you had to do were, um, you know, it was very strict at this time. Now, he established, uh, King Henry VIII, he established uh, himself as the supreme head of the Church of England. Well, so basically there was like a lot of turmoil at this time. The Scandinavian kingdom jumped on the bandwagon. And they stopped paying the taxes to the Catholic Church. And so they started to lose their power. You know? They started to get they started to become Lutherans, the Protestants. See? Now what's happening is we have a split in the power structure. Okay. Now I'm setting this up because this is this is really important to lay this groundwork here. Now we also have something else that's pretty interesting. Um now In uh, 1524, we have the letter I being replaced by the letter J. So, those of you that are stuck on the English pronunciation of the name Jesus, understand this is a new thing. Okay? 1524 new thing. Alright? Because the J, okay, now the English adopted the letter J from the French, whom adopted it from the Latins, the Latins, uh, uh, which are the Romans. Okay, Now, the Romans got the name from the Greeks, the Greeks from the Aramaic. Now, the Aramaic is an African-Asiatic language, African-Asiatic language. The Aramaic got it from the Akkadian language, the Akkadian, which is the Babylonians, got it from the Phoenicians. Okay, the Felicians, which are Canites. Okay, now you know those Canites, the black people. That uh, this Pope by the name of Nicholas V, he signed us into slavery. Remember that he signed this um, this decree in the uh, in like the 1400s that said you know slavery is legal. Now he, in order to do that. He most likely used Genesis justify it. So, if he uses Genesis to justify it, and the Phoenicians are Canaanites, then you know it's like we we we've already handled that. Now let's keep, let's let's keep going. So, the letter J, right? We got the Latins, we have the Romans, we have the Greeks, we have the Aramaics we have the Arcanians with the Babylonians, we have the Phoenicians with the Canaanites. Now the Canaanites, right? Now, so the Phoecians, the Fo- and, and the Phoenician language, we have uh, what what is called Paleo-Hebrew, okay? And um Paleo-Hebrew is a combination of the original Hebrew, or better known as ancient Hebrew, blending with the Phoenician language, which is also an African language. Now, the blending of the Phoenician and the Canaanite, the Phoenician and the Hebrew that was a um, a uh, voluntary thing. It was voluntary because the people of Ham and the people of of uh, Israel they intermarried, and because of that intermarriage, they blended the language, and that's how you got Paleo Hebrew. And then the other languages, which is the um, the uh, Babylonian, the Akkadian, and the Aramaic, that was forced because it was a conquest. All right. Now, we just wanted to set that up. So, when you think about the letter J, all right, it was changed in 1524, but you have to go back to the history of the name. And the history of the name goes, has so much more um, history than what you think. All right. Now, I had to add that there. For those of you that still think that the Jew is the Hebrew, they are two distinct people. Please understand this. This is very important because when we go into what we're going to in the next few years or so, this is going to be a vital fact to understand. All right. So the 1517 Reformation, all right, 1517 Reformation sparked a lot of changes and the Catholic Church was desperate to maintain control. All right. Now, here is what happened after the 1517 Protestant Reformation. Now here it goes. The founding of the Jesuit order in 1534. The same year Pope Clement uh, VII was poisoned by the mushroom, right? In 1570 in, in 1534, the Society of Jesus was founded, aka Jesuit order. It was founded to surva- to strive especially for the propaganda, propagandization and defense of the faith and uh progress ...of souls in Christian life and doctrine. I'm reading this from this site. It says the society participated in the... ...counter-reformation... ...and later in the implementation... ...of the Second Vatican Council... ...in the Catholic Church. Okay? And out of the Jesuit Order... ...we get what? We get SS-style, KGB-style... ...suppression. Alright? So... ...the Catholic Church... ...this holy organization is now suppressing people SSKGB style out of the Jesuit order. Now, there was something else that happened at this time after the uh, 1517 uh, Reformation, and it's called the Roman Inquisition. Okay, And it reads, The Roman Inquisition was a system of tribunals developed by the Holy Roman Church, During the second half of the 16th century, it was responsible for the persecution, for persecuting individuals across a wide array of of crimes related to heresy, including sorcery, morality, uh, blasphemy, judaizing, and witchcraft, as well for censorship of printed literature. The true power behind the conflict, okay, now what you understand now, you have the Reformation but the true power behind the conflict was not martin luther. see martin luther was like a small player in this game. you know there was there was already people that were trying to create this ref, this uh reformation this pro- protest. but these people okay had no power. the real power came behind king henry the now here's why. it says uh the separation was actually a byproduct of Henry's obsession with producing a male hair. Catherine of of Aragon failed to produce a male, and the need to maintain dynastic legitimacy forced Henry to seek an annulment from the Pope in order to marry Anna Boylan. Uh, Walsley tried uh, repeatedly to secure a a, uh, legal annulment from the Pope Clemente VII, the same guy, but Clemente was, was... no, this is the seventh, the other one's the eighth. Clemente the seventh, but Clemente was beholden to Charles the V. Now, Charles V was, he was the um, Holy Roman Empire. Now, there was a split. There was the Holy Roman Empire, and then there was the um, kingdom of Britain, the monarchy of Britain. Okay? And he, was, and he was also the nephew of Catherine Aragon. He was nephew of the wife of the king. Okay? So, what we have here is a family dispute. Okay? We have a horny king that caused the split of the Catholic church. If you really think about it. I mean, he was horny, you know what I'm saying? He wanted some somebody else. And this caused the split of the Catholic church. Okay, so now Henry summoned the Reformation Parliament in 1529. Now, this is 1529. Remember, the cult started, the the, the meeting of the cult, the word started in 1530s. This is in 1529 when he calls parliament to reform, right? Now, it passed in 134 for statues, and within seven years, exercised influence in political uh, and ecclesiastical affairs, which is known to feudal parliaments. Religious reform movements had already taken hold in England, but on a small scale, the Low Lords had been in ex- in existence since the mid-14th century, and the idea of Luther and, Zieg- and Zwingliel circulated within intellectual groups, but can but can t- continental Protestantism had yet to find favor with the English people, so the power behind the movement was, was uh, you know, Horny VIII, King Henry VIII, the, the Horny Man. So basically, it didn't grab, but until he put power behind it. So what we have here is the beginning of the present-day secret order, the Catholic Church, which controlled the world from 96 A.D. Okay, from from Pope Clement II until the challenge. Of 1517. Now in order to maintain their power. They had to create occult orders. And secret societies. Okay. Okay. Now my question is. How can Satan fight against Satan? And how do you get truth. From lies. So what is really going on here. Is this all some divine plan. Or demonic war between Lucifer and the children, the fallen angels, or is it both? Why did I go through this history? I wanted to give a little more insight into why the need to hide knowledge. Remember, to have knowledge is to have power, so the best way to keep power is to hide it, right? Right? Now I wanted to. That was a long opening to the subject. Okay. The reason why I called this Luc- what I called this uh, Lucifer and the Covenant of the Founding Fathers: Mystery Babylon Unveiled. Okay. Is because by now, anyone that studies the occult knows that whatever the Most High does. Lucifer will imitate. So if the Hebrew Israelite made a covenant with Yah, then Satan will also make a covenant with his chosen. So the question is, what is that covenant? And who are the chosen? To answer the first question, the covenant is to have power and become a king of the earth and a god in the afterlife basically immortality the second question is a little harder to answer because the purpose of the cult is to conceal right but when you see who has that power you will see who made the covenant once your eyes are opened and you see who really is in control you begin to see the children of the covenant they they own everything okay these are characteristics they own everything since recorded history they span from generation to generation they are our kings presidents oligarchs priests and tyrants we can find them by looking at a few of their characteristics okay just look through history in this broadcast, I will focus on the founding fathers of the United States of America, a.k.a. Mystery Babylon. Now, to many of you, this is probably old news. But I'm going to hit on a few things you haven't thought about. Now, here are a few questions to stimulate your imagination. Okay? The first question To stimulate your imagination is. What if Lucifer and the uh, children of the fallen ones, a.k.a. fallen angels, are in a power struggle? What if the fallen ones are still trying to redeem themselves by creating various religions? How many of you are familiar with the story of Enoch when Azazel and his associates begged Enoch to send a petition to the Most High, as it was name Azazel was um, extremely remorseful. Now, remember, he is bound, but not yet destroyed. Okay, now, if, if many of you don't know who this who this uh, entity is, Azazel, you should read the Book of Enoch. That's one question. Now, here's another one: What if As Azazel what if he believes if he can guide man to do right through Christianity Islam, Judaism Buddhism or any other religion then he would redeem himself in the eyes of the Most High after all this is what he was supposed to do this is the purpose of the Watchers to intercede for man if you remember the Watchers were to intercede for man, not man, for the Watchers. But what if he said, hey, let me try to do it now. Let me try to look good in front of the Most High. Let me try to create these religions. Okay? You see, the fallen angels are bound in darkness, right? But their children are not. The children, you know, their children, they... Um, they're, they have access to their fathers, right? And they have access to us. So, the fallen angels may be bound, but the children are not. You see, Lucifer still has access to the Most High. And there's a difference now. There's Lucifer and there's fallen angels. Okay, Lucifer has access to the Most High, and he has access to man. Now we must also consider the one-third of the angels that followed him during the rebellion. So the question is this. Is there war between Lucifer and these fallen ones? Are the Watchers trying to control their rebellious children, the demonic spirits? Could this be the meaning behind white magic and dark magic? How many of these priests, false prophets, and so-called men of God uh, have been misled by the angels of light? You know, speaking about new religions. Imitating messengers of the Most High. ya Because there's another one who uh, calls himself the Most High as well. Did you know that? So, do you know how to test him? Do you know how to test the spirits? Would you know the difference? Now, if you don't know the story Then you wouldn't know the difference Okay Now Why do men Like uh, Benjamin Franklin George Washington Thomas Jefferson James Madison The Founding Fathers of America Dabble into the occult. You see, these questions you should start asking yourself as you pass through this phase. This is a phase of the unveiling. The secret society is no longer secret. The occult is becoming obsolete. So the question is, what's next? If they don't have to hide anymore... The these verses from the scriptures seem more relevant today. Now, here's here's a scripture that um, is quite popular, and I'm going to read it. And it says, "But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the day of Noah were, so shall also the coming of." The Son of Man be, for as in the days that we, uh, in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and know not until the flood came and took them away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So the question is, who is marrying whom? How many of you read the book of Enoch, or the book of Jubilees, or the book of Genesis? Do you really know why there was a flood? Have you heard of the giants, Nephilim, or even the Elio? Did you know there was Elio? This is a reality that we should take to heart and mind. What do you think the occult is about? Have you heard of the Kabbalah? What is Plato's Republic? Plato's Republic. (laughs) What is... A Magi? Or a Magi? From Persia. you know about these things? The Persians? Do you know what what effect the Persians had on uh, the occult? Why did they change the Hebrew calendar during the time of Babylon? And again... During the time of the Romans And again under Pope Gregory How did they erase the Hebrew language From our mouths And from our memory So we could not call on the name of the Most High Where and why Did they scatter the Hebrew Israelites You see I ask these questions because The occult is becoming obsolete. Asking the question is the beginning of all knowledge. Asking the right questions will be the end of the elite. Okay? The occult elite are at their end. These chosen of the covenant. Now, here are a few things that you should know about the Founding Fathers in Mystery Babylon. Okay, now what I did is I compiled a uh, a list of just, you know, just five things that um, you should understand and do research on concerning Washington, D.C. And um, I also have this on my website. Okay. First, excuse me. Uh, Washington, D.C. was built as an occult city, revolving around the worship of demonic spirits, or better known as the uh, Children of the Fallen Angels. Like I said, I have a paper on my, do- on my uh, website. You can download it and read through it. And here are a few facts, uh, which should be, this should be common knowledge. You know, back in 1998, I actually printed this out, and um, they're like old satellite images of Washington, Washington DC. And this is when the internet didn't have like proper URLs. They just had these long ass URLs. People would go to university, and they would actually put things on the university, and you would find them in some search engine. There was like there wasn't even Google back then. And I would look on these databases, and I would find these, these, this information. I was like, wow, I found the protocols I learned how to learn to help Zion. And I have all these things in binders, and I actually hit them. You know, I was actually nervous back then because this information was so, like, you know, so, so rare. And now, you know, all you need to do is just put a little search in, in Google. Boom, right there. Everything's there for you. The, the, <laughs> the um, occult is becoming obsolete. It's becoming obsolete. This is dangerous. We're in some dangerous times right now. Okay, now here's some things, okay, on the pen- on Washington, D.C. Now, first of all, one, the pentagram within the Pentagon. Okay, now anybody that knows occult symbolism must uh, think about why is the uh, pentagon a pentagram. Okay, you also have a broken pentagram on the streets of Washington, D.C. You actually look at a satellite map and you see that. You have the owl on the White House lawn. How many of you heard my uh, my um, broadcast? I think believe it was last week or week before where I spoke about the uh, billion dollar building. In this broadcast, there's a poem at the end. If you pay close attention to a poem, I advise you hear it again. He talks, he, when he goes, hoo, 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 he's actually making the owl sound because the owl represents the occult. I'm sure if uh, many of you have caught that, but if you haven't caught it, Listen to it again; it's it's quite enjoyable. This brother knows knows what he's talking about in poetic format. Okay. Anyway, now here's another thing: the Washington Monument that is shaped after an Egyptian obelisk, the sun god Ra. Okay, the big old obelisk. That's actually, um, you know, a, a, a duplicate. Of the Egyptian obelisk of the sun god Ra, okay. Also, the pagan statues of George Washington, and there's one of Lady Liberty, who is actually Athena, or even Isis. Okay, now, why are these there? What is this? This is Washington D.C. This is a Christian nation, right? Why do you have these pagan idols around here? Isn't that like a sin? Okay Now um, I'm going to read A few quotes from the founding fathers on Christianity But before I do First we have to stop and think What is Christianity Where did it come from I'm not talking about The message from Yahushua The Messiah I'm talking about the pagan Messiah Known as Jesus the Ascended Master. And if many of you are um, insulted by me saying that, if you feel that in your soul, you need to do some soul searching. Because I was a Christian for a long time until I woke up. Because the development of this thing called Christianity has some very dark and you have to get rid of that in order to have a wider understanding. And because these uh, last days are coming upon us, and because the occult is becoming obsolete, if you don't know the difference, that's your ass. Okay, so. You see, when you look at the beginning of America... And its founding Basically all you see is the occult America is the new Atlantis Every country That was settled by the elite Was positioned to be the new Atlantis Plato's Republic This is the dream of the the elite Look at Rome Greece, the Holy Roman Empire. Look at uh, Ptolemy, Egypt. All of these governments were ruled by oligarchs, kings, queens, and demagogues. This is the modus operandi of Lucifer. So these quotes really should not make a difference. But for those of you who are still lost and blind, here you go. This is the quotes of your founding fathers. Okay, now let's start with good old Benjamin Franklin. This is what he says. He says, Think how great a proportion of mankind consists of weak and ignorant men and women, and of inexperienced youth of both sexes who have need of the motives of religion to retain them from vice to support their virtue and to retain them in the practice of of it till it becomes habitual, which is the great point for its security. Okay? If you haven't caught that, he's actually talking about Christianity. He says, As to Jesus of Nazareth, my opinion of whom you particularly desire, I think the system of morals and his religion as he left them to us the best and the best the world ever saw or is likely to see. But I apprehend it as received various corrupt changes and I have with most of the present dissenters uh, in England dissenters in England some doubt as to his divinity. Though it is a question, I do not dogmatic I do not dogmatic upon having never studied it, and think it needless to busy myself with it. When I expect soon an opportunity of knowing the truth with less trouble, I see no harm. However, in its being believed, if that belief has the good consequence as probable it has of making his doctrine more respected and better observed, especially as I do not perceive that the Supreme uh, takes it amiss. Distinguishing the unbelievers In his government Of the world In any particular marks Marks of his displeasure Okay So basically he he, he doesn't even Believe You know he's like Whatever Now I also have an article on my website It's called uh, Benjamin Franklin and the Occult It talks about uh, Founding Father Franklin and his association to the Hellfire Club. It also speaks about the dead bodies that were found in his basement. And they found like I think like six children and like uh, four adults that they found. Now the story says that he had a um, he had a person living with him that was a medical doctor and the medical doctor was probably performing these things and I'm thinking, like, but this is your house, and you didn't it smell? Couldn't you smell the funk? I'd be like, yo, man, you get out of my house. You'll be bringing no dead bodies up in here. Anyway, but whatever the excuse, they were in his house, <laughs> and they were, they were buried in there, okay? Why don't they just take him out, put him back in the grave? Anyway, read the article. It's going to surprise you. Founding Father Franklin. Now, here's the next one. This is uh, Thomas Jefferson. I have examined all the known superstitions of the world and do not find in our particular supersti- and, I, and, I, and, and do not find in our particular superstition of Christianity or redeeming feature. they are all alike, found on fables and mythology. Millions of innocent men, women, and children since the introdu- introduction of Christianity have been burnt, tortured, fined, and imprisoned. What has been the effect of this cohesion? To make one half the world fools and the other half hypocrites. To support roguery and error all over the earth. Now here's one more. A man by the name of John Adams. The doctrine of the divinity of Jesus is made a convenience convenience cover for absurdity. Now, (laughs) these are the quotes from the founding fathers of a Christian nation it is obvious that they had not that they had uh not respect had no respect for uh the doctrines of christianity now some would say that the founding fathers were objecting catholicism right you say no 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 this was uh they're saying those quotes but they didn't mean protestant christianity they meant catholic christianity now my answer to that is uh well, my response to that is they're basically one and the same. Okay, they're just they're, they're one and the same. They come out of the same cloth. There's no real difference. And plus, from my my first explanation is the occult started because there was a split. If the occult started because there's a split between Catholicism and Protestantism, and the actual Protestant movement only picked up speed because King Henry VIII was angry at the uh, Catholics because they wouldn't give him an annulment so he can actually have sex with somebody else. It's not like he was divine. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he was like, oh, the Most High talked to me. Let's split this Catholicism. I see them. No. No, he was like, I need some fun tang. And what did he do? He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon of This this uh, Lutheran movement, usurp that, and split the church. And then the English people were behind him. Rest is history. Okay. Now, here's another article I found. And it's entitled Little Known U.S. Document signed by President Adams Proclaims American government is secular This article explains the true God of the United States And what the Founding Fathers believed about In God we trust It is centered around the Treaty of Trupoli. Here is the first paragraph of the document And it reads A few Christian fundamentalists attempt to convince us To return to the Christian Christianity of, the, of early America Yet, according to the history, Robert T. Handy, no more than 10%, probably less, of America in 1800s were members of congregation, congregations. The founding fathers also rarely practiced Christian uh, orthodoxy, orthodoxy. Although they supported the free exercise of any religion, they understood the dangers of religion. Most of them believed in and attached and attended Freemasonry lodges. According to John J. Robinson, Freemasonry had been a powerful force for religious freedom. Freemasons took serious the principles that men should worship according to their own consciousness. Masonry welcomed anyone from any religion or non-religion, as long as they believed in the supreme being. Washington, Franklin, Hancock, Hamilton, Lafayette, and many others accepted Freemasonry. Now, you can read the rest of that article on my site. I have it in full. It's called Little Known U.S. Document. Okay? Now, uh, I'm reading all this because I want to, you know, wake up those that are still blind to the fact that in god we trust the united states of america the illusion is just that an illusion okay you need to come out from amongst her but if you're not convinced stay with me okay cuz the point i'm trying to make here is the reason uh there is in america is because of the events that happened. In 1517. If Henry VIII. Did not give power to the Protestant movement. It would not have happened. These people were not divine. Righteous being guided by the Most High. They might have been guided by Lucifer. But not the Most High. King James. Martin Luther. King Henry. Queen Elizabeth, the Puritans, the Popes, all of these are products of confusion and babble. The truth was stolen and hidden. What you see today is a result. America is not the representation of the Most High. The Jews are not the representation of the Most High. All this is mystery babylon okay all this is mystery babylon okay i'm going to take a quick break and i'm going to play something this is from a movie uh the video and this video is um this video is something is linked to my website and it's like you know the new atlantis the founding fathers and it actually backs up a lot of the stuff that I'm saying. And it's actually perfect. It lays it out perfectly. And you from there, you can do your own research, cross-reference, use the the web while we still got it to understand that, you know, you live in the mystery Babylon. Okay, so I'm going to play this here, and uh, I'll be right back.
2: In the 17th century, as settlers were colonizing the New World, Sir Francis Bacon, the leader of secret societies in England, set down his classic work, The New Atlantis. While archaeologists and treasure hunters have searched the globe looking for the lost continent, 400 years ago Bacon, like many of his contemporaries, believed that Atlantis was America itself. Well, Bacon, to me, was really uh, fundamental uh, in in the American colonizational scheme and its connection to the the new Atlantis concept. He was trying to lay a foundation for uh, what could be accomplished uh, in the new world. While the Atlantis of Plato was a mighty empire known for the philosophy of its kings, Bacon would write of a nation governed by scientific achievement, filled with marvels and wonders never before seen. Bacon was talking about this new nation, talking about submarines, talking about unimaginable weapons of war, talking about flying machines and tall buildings. How did he come into possession of this knowledge? Did Francis Bacon outline the course of the new world before its time? And if so, by what power was he inspired to do so? While there are no states or cities that bear his name, his mysterious influence has compelled some to call him the real and true founder of America.
3: So he he really started the whole principles of modern science, which is this experimental method, and then he had a um, formula to you know to start with the basic basics, the physical world, which is physics, physical laws, and then work upwards towards metaphysics and so on. He couldn't talk too openly when it got to metaphysics because it landed him in trouble with the religions of the time who were at war with each other. So he'd, he had to do that in a more careful way, more veiled way. But right at he did.
0: Bacon's
2: metaphysical ideas led him into teachings that would have been condemned by both the Catholic and Protestant churches of his day he is said to have made contact with the spirit realm and that upon hearing a heavenly voice he was given his life's work. To protect himself he kept his practices veiled within secret societies, in particular the ancient brotherhood of the Rose and Cross. The Rosicrucians had long believed that powers and principalities from the spirit realm Possess secret knowledge that might be used for the benefit of mankind. These and other teachings were to be kept hidden from those considered profane and especially from the church. The Rosicrucians had to be a secret society. Their object was to
3: discover God's truths after him. But some of their methodology was bordering on witchcraft. For instance, the transmutation of base metals into gold, they claimed they could do it. Um, I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, They they claimed that they could communicate with angels and demons. Well, in the first place, the scripture tells you not to do it. But their idea was that if you could do that, surely those people, those, those creatures at least, the angels and the demons, they know a lot of things that we don't know. After all, they've been
2: around since time immemorial. It is even said that Jefferson believed he was fulfilling Bacon's dream for a new Atlantis by founding the United States. As a result, nearly all Baconians credit Bacon with the founding of America. This painting, once owned by Baconian author Marie Bauer Hall, shows the North American continent with a spirit of from the midst. Above his head is the all-seeing eye of Horace in the midst of a triangle while upon his cloak is the rose and cross, the symbol of his Rosicrucians. Despite these things, little is mentioned about Lord Bacon in the history books of America. There are no states, cities, towns, or schools named after him, which begs the question, other than Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, which of the founding fathers did he really influence? Which of those founding
3: fathers were most influenced by Bacon's work. I would suggest it was all those who were Freemasons. (laughs) Well, I think probably all the uh, first presidents of America who were Freemasons, you could say, were influenced by him because of the influence that went into
1: Freemasonry. Okay. That was actually an audio clip that I put together. Um, There's actually three different videos. Each video is about two hours and forty five minutes long. They have um one is called Riddles in Stone, one is called um the beginning America's Strange Beginnings, and I think the other one's called New Atlantis. But you can also look at my website and there's links to that on um Amazon. And you can also go to uh uh just search the web and I think there's free videos on it. And actually you can actually see one of the videos on my site. I'm have it linked to there so you can actually see it on the site also. Because um, just don't take my word for it. Do your own research and, and really, you know, give yourself some of the, some knowledge. All right. Now, every time I take a look or every time I take up a study, it always leads back to the occult. I could study history. Uh, Science, music, movies, whatever I can see their hand in every part of our lives It makes you really wonder What is this all about? It makes you think Who are these beings? So time Sometimes you know um, I wake up in the middle of the night. And I have the urge to write. And when I do, I end up with some very interesting information. See, I believe when we sleep, we get most of our information. So I always keep a pen by my bed. So when I have one of those moments... I can just write it down. Then I do research. Then a whole new view of the world is presented to me. You know, this happened the other night. And it revolved around time. First it was the daylight savings time. Then I was wondering why and how the world fell for that one. It's like pointless, you know. Who in the world thought of this daylight saving times nonsense? Okay, now I heard it was uh, Benjamin Franklin, but then I did research and was some other other moron, you know. And everybody is like, it's, "It's we don't even need it anymore." Like just last week, I had to, you know, put my clock ahead, save some save some time. I mean, it's dark in Sweden all the time. What's it an hour makes no difference? Anyway. So you know, I was writing about this and in you know, it's pointless. The other is the calendar. Okay? During the week I actually called this uh it's a show, it's the Hebrew light show. And I spoke to the host and I was trying to explain about this uh program that I found. It's like a it's a um, computer program and the pre- computer program actually uh is able to take a fraction and then you have the re- you just left with the remainder so it finds the remainder in a fraction but out of this program what happened was i was able to add in the days of the of the year and it actually came out that there's 364 days in a year there's actually 13 months in the year and each month will have 28 days so what we have here is a huge deception that happened because if we go back to the original calendar because remember the calendar was changed from the uh hebrew and then when the babylonians came in they changed the calendar then after the babylonians changed it it was changed by the romans and each of these people that changed the calendar they changed it to based on their culture okay you know, worship of the different idols and the different gods and different months. But it didn't match up with the 13 months. So they made 13 you like this omen number. But it's actually 13 months in the Hebrew calendar. If you keep the 364 days, it's perfect. Because it goes 364 days, 13 months, and each month has 28 days. When you add that up, it's all perfect. And another thing to think about is the month of September, okay? The month of September is 7. The month of October is 8. The month of November is 9. The month of December is 10, decimal, 10, okay? So January would be the 11th month. February would be the 12th month. Right, March will be the thirteenth month, and the first month would be April, which makes sense because April is spring, the new beginning. Then it starts all over again. So if you think about how the Hebrews laid time out, which can be verified in the book of Enoch, because it talks about the three hundred sixty-four days and about dividing the months, and actually the month the the moon travels around. The uh, sun 13 times in a year Not 12, 13 I did research on that also So it's perfect And the question is, why did they change it? Okay, now it changed uh, the Romans And then the last time they changed it was uh, Pope Gregory Okay So this is something that we have to understand Why was this changed? What are they trying to hide here? Now I want to go over all these these items to bring you to this point. Okay? I wanted to go over all that to bring you to this point. And how do we tie all this together? And I will also answer the questions that I had during the first time I started this broadcast. The questions I presented early You know, the ones that related to the fallen angels and Lucifer and the children, all these things. But to begin, let's start with the man by the name of Sir Francis Bacon. See, you've heard about Sir Francis Bacon when I I played that little tape. Now here's what it says about him. It says, he was an English philosopher, a statesman, scientist, lawyer, uh, jurist, and author. Now, he famously died of pneumonia, contacted while studying the effects of freezing on preserved meat. He served both as Attorney General and Lord Chancellor of England. Although his political career ended in disgrace, he remained extremely influential through his work, especially as a philosopher, advocate of practitioners of the science, Uh, Scientific Method and Pioneer in the Scientific Revolution. Hold on, let me take a sip of water. Okay. Now, here's a couple points. He was father of the Founding Fathers. All of the Founding Fathers looked up to him. This Sir Francis Bacon. Okay? Freemasons. Okay, He was a Freemason or Rosicrucian. Okay, he was honored by all the Mason and especially by Manly P. Hall. If you don't know who Manly P. Hall is, you need to look him up. Um, make sure here uh, the Rosicrucians. Okay, now this is interesting: the Rosicrucian Rosicrucianism and Lutherism. Okay. They were created to fight against the Catholic orders because the started you know the Rosicrucian Protestant order started around the same time that all these things were going on, but it actually was started by a man by the name of John Dees, who we'll get into later, okay now, the House of Tudor, which was of King Henry the his daughter was Queen Elizabeth. How about those famous Queen Elizabeth movies that we've seen? that won all those Oscars... Queen Elizabeth I... she was tight with Sir Francis Bacon... and John Dees... that's important... very important in history... Okay. now... New Atlantis... the concept of New Atlantis... was thought of by Sir Francis Bacon... as well... now... this plan was to... escape Britain... because at this time... They were getting harassed by the Jesuit order that was created by the Catholic Church. Okay? And understand this. Sir Francis Bacon was also father of the scientific revolution. Okay? This was given to him by the fallen angels. So, who influenced Sir Francis Bacon? A man by the name of John Dees who was John Dees, English mathematician, astronomer, astrologer, occultist, navigator, imperialist, and consultant to Queen Elizabeth I, another consultant, right? He devoted much of his life to the study of alchemy, deviation, and hermetic philosophy. Dee wrote in the 1500s, encouraging Britain's exploratory and expeditions in search of the Northeast Passage. He appeared to have coined at least introduced in point the term British Empire. Simultaneously with these efforts, Dee immersed himself into the world of, uh, in the worlds of magic, astrology, and Hermetic philosophy. He devoted much time and effort in the 30 uh, years or so of his life uh, to attempt to commune with angels in order to learn the universal language of creation and uh, bring about the pre-apocalyptic unity of mankind. A student of the Renaissance, Neo-Platoism of uh, Marcial Ficione, Dee did not draw distinction between his mathematical research and his investigation into hermetic magic, angel summoning, and divination. Instead, he considered all uh, his activities to constitute Different facets of the same Quest The search for the trans, uh, Transcended Understanding of the divine forms Which underline the visible world Which D calls Pure Verities okay? So John Dees was a major Occultist Who was under The uh, wing Of the queen he was actually under the wing of Queen Mary also And he coined the term British Empire Now Out of hermeticism comes Rosicrucianism. Now This is the core of the founding Fathers Because it was founded by John Dees And then inherited By Sir Francis Bacon Okay if you if you look on the on, on the just pull up Rosicrucian, you'll see that this was something that derived out of Egypt, but not out of Black Egypt. You see, when a lot of us think, you know, we don't understand that the Egypt that we think was the mystical Egypt, we have to go a little bit further. In order to find out that all these, these uh, things that Plato was looking at and Greece were looking at, these were influenced by the Persians, and the Medes, and the Assyrians. Okay, we have to go back far if you want to go beyond that, but it's already corrupted. Now, another point is, the, uh, Hermeticism comes out of Hermeticism comes the Order of the Golden North. Okay? Now this kind this came to be to oppose Rosicruciism because you know Rosicruciism is supposed to be a Protestant order. Now here you get that white magic, black magic thing, you know? This is the white magic, this is the black magic. But it's all the same. It's a cult. John Dees was talking to fallen angels, right? Okay. Now as you can see, the split of 1570 did more than just create a Protestant movement. It was the spread of the demonic cult all over the world. Think about it. The British Empire. The term was coined by John Dees, the father of modern day occult. Okay. Here's a list of British imperialism. Cecil Rhodes of Africa, British Empire Creation of the United States of America, British Empire Conquest of India, British Empire Conquest of South America, British Empire Conquest of China through opium, British Empire Creation of the United Nations, British Empire IMF, World Trade Organization, World War I World War II All can be traced back To the British Empire When John Dee Was playing with numbers okay, And getting information From the falling ones And when Sir Francis Bacon Under Queen Elizabeth Spoke about the new Atlantis They were laying The foundation Of Babylon And today We are living the dream In Mystery Babylon Today we are living Mystery Babylon But you have to understand that When it talks about this In the scriptures If you can't break this down And you can't understand the root And the cause And understand that John Dees And Sir Francis Bacon And the Rosicrucians And the split in the Catholic Church And the Protestant All that was a divine plan for where we are today. And if we are blind to think that America is somehow this divine place that is blessed by the Most High, we're crazy. Because you have to look at the history of a thing, the core of a thing, the root of a thing to understand what it is exactly. And if you don't understand that, and you continue to call yourself a Christian, then you deserve what you get time to wake up. It is late in the day. It is late in the day. Now, modern day science and Sir Isaac Newton. This is another topic I need to bring up. How much time do I got? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> who was who, who? Sir Isaac Newton? Okay, first of all, let me lay this out. He was an English physician, a mathematician, an astronomer A natural philosopher An alchemist A theologian And is considered by many scholars uh, And members of the general public To be one of the most influential people in history Okay But one thing we should take notice of And this is, uh, you know this is, uh, I wrote this part One thing we should take notice of All these men are either uh, Scientists Or mathematicians Right, Sir Isaac Newton was one of the first to sit in the chair of Lucasian professors of mathematics. I'm probably messing that up. It's called uh, Lucasians. Lucasians. You know what I'm saying? That's that chair that um, uh, Stephen Hawking sat in. He was he occupied it under being a theoretical physician. And now there's another guy in there who's a theoretical physician named Michael Green. Now, this is important. Please pay attention to this. Theoretical physics. I said theoretical physician. Theoretical physics. Okay? Physics. Physics is something that was really started not from Sir Isaac Newton's. Not from Sir Francis Bacon, not from John Dees, but the concept derived from Plato. But they didn't have the ability to implement the concepts until today. See, it was a theoretical physics. But when the apple fell from the tree and supposedly hit the man in the head or whatever, and he he came up with the law of gravity... He said to himself, hmm, this is a practical thing that happened. It is a physical thing that happened. So now I can apply it physically. So that's why it's physics. Okay, you have now uh, this is why (laughs) Sir I shouldn't laugh, but Sir, Sir Francis Bacon died doing experiments on himself. You know, it's just crazy. But this is the next step of science. now Stephen Hawkins was a theoretical physicist, okay? Now, this term, I'm going to read the definition of theoretical physics, and this is going to tie some more things together. Now, the term theoretical, the word theoretical, right, it was first used in 1601. Now, note, during the same time, we have the new science and the new occult, because in 1530, we have the occult going underground. We have the uh, new scientists being uh, being introduced. We have theor- the word theoretical coming in. So now we can say that there's new scientists coming. There's a revolution coming. There's like a change happening, right? And it says here, the uh, A, related to or having a character of theory. Abstract. B, confined to theory or speculation, often in contrast to particular applications. Speculative. Uh, Theoretical physics Given to or skilled in theorizing A brilliant theoretical physicist um, Existing only in theory hypothetically Gave as an example A theoretical situation Okay now keep these definitions in mind It's theory theoretical meaning that it's a theory Okay Now why am I mentioning all this? Because the history of the occult brought, brought us to this moment. Okay? The occult did not start in the 1530s, first of all. This was just a reorganization. The root of the occult can be traced back to Babylon 600 B.C. And this is the beginning of the Kabbalah. Now, the present day occult can be traced back to the Reformation. And okay, now we have the present-day occult can be traced back to the 1517 Reformation. What you have, what you have is uh, really, if you want to break this down, what you have is um, children rebelling against their parents, okay? Because the Pro- the Protestant Pro- the, Pro- the, Pro- the Protestants rebelled against the Catholics. Then we have America rebelling against. The British Empire. And the British Empire rebelling against the Holy Roman Empire. Now when we talk about Rome, that's another story. But what we have here is the Roman Empire, the British Empire, America, then you have Catholicism. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If you look at this out, it's all about this rebellion. So, what did this lead us? And how does this relate to the fallen angels? First, the demonic spirits that spoke to John Dees, Sir Francis Francis Bacon, and Sir Isaac Newton, gave them the ability to create the most powerful nations known to the world. The British Empire and her child, the American Empire. The New Atlantis. The new Atlantis was created But now Babylon is fallen So we have something else going on At this time we have I believe now Is the release of the fallen angels Why do I say this? Well this last section I call it the LHC The Large Hydrogen Collider ...and to search for dark matter. Okay? Now, I'm going to play something real quick. And uh, this is... To dis- this is uh, a little um, clip I want you to hear... ...about the Large Hydrogen Collider. And um, after you listen to this, I'm going to explain... ...the point I have on playing this. Okay, here you go.
4: So my next question is uh, about the Large Hydrogen Collider. Um... Is it going to create, I mean, do you have any idea of what's going to come out afterwards? Are we going to be around to see it? Because, you know, I've been hearing stories about a black hole that's going to eat all of, you know, everything. Well, any day now, the Large Hadron Collider is going to be turned on. It is 17 miles in circumference. It is the largest machine of science ever built. You could put Manhattan inside the Large Hadron Collider. That's how big it is. 10 billion euros for this fantastic machine. In principle, it could create many black holes, but it's not going to eat up the Earth for several reasons. First of all, the energy of these black holes wouldn't even light up a light bulb. These are subatomic, smaller than a proton. They're not going to even light up a flashlight. Second of all, the Earth gets hit with them all the time. The Earth gets bombarded with particles much more energetic than anything a puny large hadron collider can do. And these particles decay. They decay almost instantly. Now, what we really want to get out of the Large Hadron Collider is something that is so fantastic it could rewrite all of science. We want to create something called sparticles. Super particles that represent the next set of vibrations of the superstring. got a real chipper name, I like that. This is fantastic. We are now on the verge of being able to detect signals from the 11th dimension. Signals from hyperspace. Did you say 11th dimension? 11 dimensions. What about the other, you know, Eight, seven <laughs> in between? Well, no, we live in a three dimensional world. Oh, okay, so, so we're not. So I'm not sure see what those. dimension you live in. I, you know, I'm on the internet and all these things. All right, but the point is that we live in a three dimensional world, but in our three dimensional world, there's not enough room to unite all the forces of nature mm-hmm. gravity, light, the nuclear force. In three dimensions is too small. Mm-hmm. We've tried to put these forces together in three dimensions and it failed. But in 11 dimensions, these forces just melt together into one beautiful gorgeous theory that would allow us to quote, read the mind of God. This is Einstein's dream, a theory of everything. An equation one inch long that would summarize all physical knowledge of the universe. That's string theory and we hope to test part of it by creating sparticles with the Large Hadron Collider and that will allow us to pick up signals from the 11th dimension these are excitations from the 11th dimension from hyperspace measured in Geneva, Switzerland.
1: Thanks. Hey. So um, that uh, physicist said we have nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. They're just some small changes. You know, well, anyway, the Large Hydrogen Collider. Let me give you a couple points that I wrote down. Some uh, characteristics of the collider, and it's actually an amazing machine, but here it goes. Okay, The Large Hydrogen Collider lies in a tunnel 27 kilometers, that is 17 miles in circumference. It is 175 meters deep, that's 574 feet deep below the surface of the Earth. It is 271.25 minus, I'm sorry, minus 271.25 degrees Celsius. It's the coldest place in the known galaxy, okay? The magnets can reach 10 million billion degrees Celsius, which is the hottest place in the universe, okay? It has a space-like vacuum meaning no light can escape it. Okay? The same uh, quality, the same characteristics as outer space. It has the largest electro... It is the largest electronic instrument on the planet. Okay? Now, it also pushes particles around a circle at a speed close to the speed of light. And all this for a cost of 10 billion euro which is about 20 billion dollars and now mind you now all this is to find a theoretical particle called the God particle but they just changed it they said they want not actually look for dark matter it's like They say it's new matter in the unknown universe. Now, I wonder who actually told them about this dark matter. Was this an influence of the fallen angels? Think about this, though. You are going to spend $20 billion on a theory. You know what I'm saying? A theory. You're going to build the most advanced electrical Machine on the planet. I mean, 271.25 degrees Celsius, 10 million degrees, uh, you know what I'm saying, negative, negative 271 degrees Celsius, and at the same time, 10 million degrees Celsius. Hot. I mean, think about the, the technology that went into this. My opinion is. The reason why they even told us that it existed, because they didn't have to say anything. I mean, it's 575 feet in the ground. They could just did their experience, experiments and be like, cool. You know what I'm saying? But they've already built two others that we didn't even know about in the United States. Did you know? I didn't. But what they told us about this one, I'm going to tell you why. Because they had thousands of scientists working on this. They had people that were in opposition of this, talking about the wormholes. What you've heard is damage control. Okay, This is damage control. Did someone tell you, hey, we're going to take a fund to build this uh, hydrogen collider? Would you like to donate to the hydrogen collider that's going to discover the, the God particle? Have you ever heard of that? Where'd they get the 20, 20, uh, 20 uh, billion uh, dollars from? Or 10, 10 billion euro? Have you had a uh, some kind of Hydrogen Collider Fund, was it a checkmark on your taxes? It just came out of nowhere. They told us in, what was it, 2008, about, oh, they're going to light it up. And now they're smashing particles. And now they tell us that, oh, we're going to start smashing um, ions together. And we're actually searching for an elusive particle. And we're trying to get to the 11th dimension. How do you know about this 11th dimension? Okay? Knowing what we know and how they obtain this knowledge and who is in charge of this knowledge, what's really going on here? Now, don't forget the other theory, okay, they call it the string theory, where physicists talk about The 11th dimension Because he mentioned it In the uh, little short audio clip that That I played for you They talk about the 11th dimension What happened to the other You know Dimensions And why the 11th After all Isn't it a theory You could call it the 100th dimension But they say 11 Okay You have to understand like These are numbers here there's like a game play going on here. Now I'm going to play this audio clip. And this one he talks about the uh, 11th dimension. After I play this, I'm just going to really break this down on why I'm playing these um, audio clips. And I think most of you probably figured it out by now. And uh, it's it's getting a little bit, little bit interesting. Okay. Now this one is a very short clip. It's only two minutes long and listen to it, it talks about uh, what exactly is the uh, 11th dimension. Okay, here we go.
4: Some took the form of three-dimensional membranes, like our own universe. Others were merely sheets of energy. Then there were cylindrical and even looped membranes. Within no time at all, the 11th dimension seemed to be jam-packed full of membranes. We began to ask ourselves the question, who lives in the 11th dimension? We have intersecting membranes. We have membranes with holes in them. We have membranes that look like donuts or have many different kinds of donut holes. We're just littered with different kinds of membranes. This eleventh dimension not only had the membrane,
3: which was the bubble-like or sheet-like object, but it had a whole wealth of different brains of varying dimensions, unfortunately called P-brains.
4: Each of these membranes was a possible other universe. M-theory had unwittingly made the idea of parallel universes respectable again. In another universe, the proton may be unstable, in which case atoms would dissolve and DNA cannot form, and therefore there's no intelligent life in these universes. Perhaps it's a universe of electrons and electricity, perhaps the universe of lightning bolts and neutrinos, but no stable matter.
3: The other universes are parallel to ours and may be quite close to ours, but of which we'd never be aware. They may be completely different, with completely different laws of nature operating.
1: They may not all have life, uh, but some fraction of them will have life. And whatever that fraction is, if there's an infinite number of these universes, uh, there'll be an infinite number of universes uh, that have living civilizations.
4: Some of these universes may look just like ours, except perhaps you're not there.
1: Okay, that was a uh, small clip. I think that was from like the BBC or something like that. They, they uh, the BBC really promotes a lot of this this um, this stuff. And to be, you know, I'm actually not really against all the whole science and everything. I think it's fascinating. I'm actually very amazed of the Large Hydrogen Collider. I think it's like one of a very important achievement of mankind. And um, I would be all for it if I didn't know what I know. And um, I don't think we should be against science. But when it comes to manipulating genes and destroying the environment, I mean, we're worried about, like, us breathing and creating CO2. But yet, you know, we're having these uh, Monsantos that are creating DNA that's destroying the world. You know, we, they have like these salmon that they're releasing into the, the that that are they're hatching, and they said that if one of these salmons gets loose into the environment, it'll destroy all salmon in the world because it's a mutated salmon. And we know what happened when they cr- released the corn, the Monsanto's corn, and the soy. It actually destroys the other corn. It mutates it. And once you release these things in nature, you know all hell breaks loose. So now they're telling us that, you know, we don't have any problem. You know, we're just making small wormholes. We're just creating, uh, um, you know, it's just small particles. They're harmless. They're telling us this harm. This is damage control. What's really going on? You know what I'm talking about? And now that 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 clip that I just that, that you just heard about the eleventh dimension, the eleventh dimension, um. What is the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th? Now, I read read on the site, they had like this, you know, scientific explanation about the 11th dimension. But, when people read this, they have to understand that Stephen Hawkins is a theoretical physicist. That means this man is a great imaginer. Imagination. Was that a word? He has a great imagination. You know what I'm saying? He can think so well, and be like, oh, if this were to happen, and people are like, oh, that would be very wonderful, and then they say, well, let's test that theory, they go, well, how are we going to test the theory, oh, well, there's no possible way we could test the theory, I know what we can do, what should we do about this alternative universe, why don't we build this large hydrogen collider, that would be awesome, <laughs> <laughs> you know I know Steve Hawkins like, awesome. He'd be like that would be awesome But you know what I'm saying He's probably like thinking about this stuff And then they be they come up with this This uh, this plan And they say let's make this machine But it has to have all these specs on it How the hell did they know about all these specs And then they build it And then they say okay It's harmless And actually one of the documents The guy said What we can do is if we build this machine and at the end of building it and we smash the particles together and we find out that nothing will happen, that's a great thing. Because, you know, when scientists reach a point when they find out that they know nothing, that's good because they were like, oh, that that we don't know anything. Now, that's fine but it's not fine when you spend $20 billion. You better come up with something. So they probably had like, more than likely, we are going to at least find this elusive matter. And they said that the matter that they're looking for is something that was only developed during the beginning stages of the universe. Now, this is theoretical. How do you know if there was anything at the beginning stages of the universe? This is all theory. The Big Bang was all theory. All this stuff is theoretical. You know? How can you create a huge experience experiment, $20 billion, 500 feet in the earth, cold as hell, hot as no, who knows what? You know? I mean, the technology that they spent making this machine, $20 billion they spent on this machine, they could have had alternative fuel, <laughs> They could have bought out the, uh, what was that thing? The, um, that they discovered in George Bush head? What was it? What? Cold Fusion? They could have bought out Cold Fusion. They got people that are making cars that run on garbage and water. I mean, you can look it up on, on YouTube and, and do research. They, Nicholas Tesla, he has technology that can solve our energy crisis. They don't want to solve our energy crisis. And this guy talks about how there are, um, different uh, stages of um, beings, I think. He saw different types of beings, like there's the zero type, the one type, the two type, and the three type. Uh, no, what do you call them? Uh, societies. I don't know. There's, And he says that we are the zero type heading towards the one type. And because we are not... Uh, because we are so unevolved that we might not make the one type. And anyway... I don't want to get too much into this. The point I'm trying to make is most of these things that we're going through right now are based on theoretical physics. And the root of all this can be traced back to when the occult revolution started. Sir Francis Bacon, John Dees, and all these things, the knowledge that they got is because they were speaking to beings that are in dimensions that we can't see. So, What if these beings know how to rip a hole through our present dimension in order to come in? Because now they have to use their children to communicate. And since their children are communicating, which are the demonic beings, right? These demonic beings are basically just relaying messages. You know, but now, because if you read the book of Enoch, they are supposed to be entrapped and bound for 10,000 years, and they's not, they're not supposed to, you know, supposed to get out. But if they do get out, if they do rip a hole in the universe, and they do start walking through, I believe they've already done it. I think they're already here. And I think what's happening now is pre- preparation for us to accept that they're here. Because all these physicists now are speaking about dimensions. They're getting us used to dimensions. We're actually seeing UFOs in New York. And now they're like, was that a UFO? I don't know if it was a UFO. China, was that a UFO? I don't know if it was a UFO. Three times in China to talk about UFOs. Then we have all of the uh, earthquakes happening. They're actually creating an end time scenario for these beings to make themselves known and seen. So what we need to understand is that this is just something that I think. But if my words are true and they match up with what the Bible talks about they will be like in the days of Noah giving in marriage and taking in marriage and they're setting us up for these UFOs then we should take heed to that. It doesn't talk about Mystery Babylon for no reason. There is a Mystery Babylon. Well, before I keep yakking I want to say that the phone is open. Uh, If you want to call in, the number is, uh, what is this number? Oh, the call in number is 347-826-9484. That's 347-826-9484. And if you want to talk, just... uh, Think you press the one, and then your hand will shake. Then I'll answer the call. If not, I will keep on yakking. Okay, now, um, I am uh, so happy that I had so many people listening to my last broadcast. Uh, I hope that is beneficial to you. Also, please go to my website and um, download the material. I'm in the process of creating um, some books. They're actually uh, books, you know, that I'm going to read. And these books are going like I'm going to read the Book of Maccabees, and then I'm going to read the Book of Enoch. It's going to take it takes time though, because I'm actually I'm a student and I'm studying. And I'm trying to do these things in my free time, but I'm going to put it on the site so people can download it. I actually have it up there now, where you don't, have, where you can just download it and read it. There are actually hard copies of that on the site now. Um, but some people are busy like myself, and if you can just listen to the audio, put on your um your earphones, and then you get the knowledge that way, and then you have time to sit down and actually, you know, study it and cross reference it cross reference it, then that's even a lot better. So in the future I plan to have that. And I just wanted to put that out there. Um now What did I want to go over? Yeah, actually, I wanted to revisit uh, the calendar. I wanted to revisit the calendar because this requires investigation. Why do they keep changing the calendar? Well, you know, they changed it three times. And do we really know what time it is? Do we really know the right date? Do we really know the right month? I mean, even in their month, like, you know, what, what, what month are we in now? We're in. A, we're supposed to be in the ninth month, right? Because according to the name, November, this is the ninth month. And if December next month is the tenth month, then the real 10-10-10 is December 10th, the 10th month. And if we think about numerology, and we think about the occult, how important numbers are, then hidden numbers are more important to their plan. And if their plan is based around numbers, then why are they talking about an 11th dimension? Why are they talking about, you know, why was September 11th an important date to choose? You know, and then they talk about the eleventh dimension. all these things should keep our we should uh keep very um focused on all these things we should keep focused on because we don't really know what it is uh we're going to go into in these next couple of months. but if we keep our eyes on it and our ears open and we watch. If we watch then we won't be surprised You know We will not be surprised Um, Now I haven't really talked about the Hebrew Israelite Much in this broadcast Because um, Most people can listen to my earlier broadcast And understand uh, My call To the Hebrew Israelites But I'm also saying this to those of of you who are the Gentile, considered the Gentile. Now, it does not benefit you to have an ego at this moment, because if you think I'm saying that I'm a Hebrew Israelite because I'm black, then please read deeper, have a deeper understanding. The reason why It is important To understand That the African The black African Is a Hebrew Israelite Is because you are able to Recognize the deception Okay You're able to recognize The deception It's like If someone said Okay let's say there's a man He owns a shop And he's a gold dealer Right And he has his nephew As the person who's in charge of the gold And he tells his nephew Look when people come into the shop all right, This particular rock This gold rock Is what you exchange for currency And the nephew goes Of course no problem it's cool So people come into the shop And they're bringing him like Like uh, brown rocks And gray rocks And black rocks And all these different rocks But they're saying hey this is actually a black gold And this is a grey gold And this is a brown gold And they're just basically ripping this man off Because he doesn't understand the difference Then his uncle comes back and he says What the hell is this I told you only gold rocks And the man is like yeah but they told me That they're gold And he says yeah But I'm telling you that it's not Because only gold Is this color You know what I'm saying? And because the nephew was easily deceived and he trusted the people that brought him the rocks, they're going to go out of business. Because his uncle tried to tell him that it's the color that is important. The gold color is important. It has nothing to do with the fact of the color. It's the characteristics of the color that you have to understand. Now, I know that's a simplification, but understand that the story of the Hebrew Israelite has been hijacked. The heritage of the Hebrew Israelite has been hijacked. The culture has been hijacked. It's been hijacked because of the covenant that was broken. But that covenant was broken for you. It was broken for the Gentile. Because if the if the, um, let's say, the imposter or the usurper, if the usurper didn't take over the culture of the Hebrews' light, there, not, there would not be a uh, Holy Roman Empire. Okay? If there, was a Holy, if there was not a Holy Roman Empire, there would not be a man named Jesus to spread throughout the world. Now, although they corrupted the name Jesus, if you just search a little bit further, you'll find out that Yahushua, who is also the truth, the Messiah, is the answer. So, it's just one step. Now, I believe that, you know, I think there are some good Christians out there. Because I'm not, like, going to dog all Christians because I was one and... You know, I have family members that are, that call themselves Christians, but if we can just get rid of that name, Christianity, and just go after the core, and understand that the name Jesus was changed in the 15th century. I mean, not yeah, 16th century, but 1500, 1524, it was changed from J, I mean, from I to J. And then we have to understand, well, if they changed it, what was the real name? And there's so much in that, ma- in that name, Yahushua, the Savior of the Most High, or Yahoo, Yah, Yahuwah, is God. Shua, Savior. So it's God's Savior, not Yeshua. You know, Yahushua, there's so much power in that. Now when you say, okay, if it was changed, Yahushua, if it was changed, why did they change it? You know, here's another thing you have to understand. During the time that the Messiah was being born You have to understand This is what was happening You had the Tulumic Empire Right You had Queen uh, um, Queen, uh, Cleopatra VII, okay? Queen Cleopatra The 7th Queen Cleopatra the 7th That means there were Six Cleopatras before her Alright The Tulumic Empire Was given To the bodyguards of, um, or the generals of Alexandria. Alright? Now, these bodyguards created an empire. A dynasty. Okay? It was the dynasty of the Greeks. Alright? The Greeks t- took over the Egyptian, And they named themselves Tulumiq. I mean, they were like the Tulumic Empire. So we had that going on. At the same time, we had... uh, Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony. Right? Then Octavia. This is the Roman Empire was coming into play. This is a lot going on. And then we had King Herod. And then we had the fall... The last of the Hasmoneans. The last of the Maccabees. The last of the last Hebrew dynasty. And these people were the last uh, chance to recognize them and they spake Hebrew. But they written but the words were written in Aramaic. They wouldn't write in Aramaic. They wouldn't write in Akkadian or Babylon. They would write in Hebrew, Paleo Hebrew. The priest has taken over. But let's go back. Let's go back. During the time when Messiah came the priesthood was taken over by the Hasmonians, And then the Bythusians. This is another sect of priests that took over the whole house of the Levites. So now when the Messiah was born, there was no remnant left of the Hebrew Israelites. The Jew was now just considered a resident of Judea because at this time you had the mixture of the Medes, the Persians, the Greeks, and then you had the Babylonians and then um Nebuchadnezzar purposely mixed the people in from Samaria. He purposely brought in the um Ashkenazis, the Aknazis. You know, they call them the Ashkenazis, you know. He per- and then th- don't forget that the Edomites, who are Hebrews, came in at that time. And at this time the Hebrews were already spread out and scattered. And then when the Hebrews were spread out and scattered, they were actually pushed into different parts of Africa. Now, during the fall of the uh, temple in 70 AD, okay, you still had a remnant of the Hebrews there, of course, because King Herod, who was an Edomite, married Marion. And she was like the last queen. She was the last queen of the Hasmonians, which was of, Jude- of the last uh, line of Judah. Okay? Because there's 12 sons. Everybody knows this. But the last son, Judah, he was actually the, um, the uh, his line was the last one there. But there were still Hebrews that lived there or else the Messiah wouldn't come. And of course there was John You know, John the Baptist But what we have here is we have A mixture of people There was Hebrews and Gentiles at this time And uh, Lucifer Purposely did this because he knew That if he can can Stop The word of the Messiah He would be free He would be free to do what he can do And what happened? When Messiah came He um, basically, usurped, okay, usurped, that's that's like the modus operandi, is to usurp. When Messiah came, he usurped the message, usurped the name, and then, because right after the Messiah was crucified, and they say it was 33 AD, and that, that date is questionable because we know that 33 is another occultic number. I mean, they, they changed so many things in our history that what do we really know? We have to go back to the core, okay? But we're all waking up now. So anyway, they uh, in 70 AD, okay, when 70 AD came in, you already had popes, okay? But the most familiar pope was the one that came in 96 AD, Pope Clement. And then, you know, we just fast forward to... Um, You know the time of The uh, council and then you have The setting up of the Catholic Church But the point I'm trying to make is that The Hebrew Israelite Was already Gone, wiped out You only had two uh, Tribes left, tribe of Levi And the tribe of Judah And they were hanging on by a strand The last Priest, the Levites Were already taken out by the Biothians And then you had the Sadducees. The Sadducees actually took the office. They took control of the priesthood. Okay? The Sadducees, who weren't even Hebrews. They were Edomites. Okay? Now, the Edomites were of Abraham. The Edomites were the brother of Jacob. Okay? So, they were still had the characteristics... Because they still had the DNA, they still had the blood, but they didn't want the um, heritage. So what you have to understand is that you have to be really keen on what was going on here. You have to be really keen on the switch of the priesthood. And then understand that this usurpation happened And then when they say that the Jews Were there at that time They just mean that the people in the land Were called Jews Based on the fact that they lived in Judea Not that they were Hebrew Israelites So you have to make a very Intelligent distinction between these people And understand that the Jews The black Jews The Hebrews Were already dispersed Now after they were dispersed you have to fast forward to the time of the of the Holy Roman Empire, right? You had the Rome that fell then the Holy Roman Empire came, which was the plan and then you have um you know the Holy Roman Empire where uh as you go as well, I was talking about in fifteen seventeen where the challenge happened in fifteen seventeen when this challenge occurred okay when the protestant and and the uh, Catholic Movement happened, there was a split. And that split, we have to understand, is what is a division. Now, who was arguing here? Was this a fight between the fallen angels and Lucifer? Or was it another plan to set up Mystery Babylon? Because during this time, during the 1450s, is when they decided to go into the land of Africa and then start the slave trade. Start taking out all of the Hebrews, sending them all over the world. You know what I mean? The true, the true, the uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the true chosen. All right, they were either converted to Christianity, converted to converted to Islam, and shipped out. So Lucifer's thought, I got this in the bag. I ain't got nothing to worry about. But now we're waking up, and we're waking up because we're at the last days. We're at the last days. Now, I just wanted to hit on that last moment, on that last point. Um, Everything is out of love. I wish everybody uh, peace, love, and happiness. I I, I hope that somebody got something from this message. Um, It looks like I only have two minutes. I'm just going to play a quick uh, audio clip, and it might get cut off in the end, but that's okay. Thank you so much for coming. I will put in a uh, what I'm going to do in the next show. And uh, thank you so much. For... Bye-bye.
5: And this is the poem that I always close every reading of mine. After this poem, I read no more. Strong Men. Strong Men. The Strong Men Keep Coming On. Carl Sandburg. They dragged you from homeland... They chained you in coffles. They huddled you, spoon-fashion, in filthy hatches. They sold you to give a few gentlemen ease. They broke you in like oxen. They scourged you. They branded you. They made your women breeders. They swelled your numbers with bastards. They taught you the religion they disgraced. You sang... Keep inching along like a po' inch worm. You sang, By and by I'm going to lay down this heavy load. You sang, Walk together, children. Don't you get weary. The strong men keep a-coming on. The strong men get stronger. They point with pride to the roads you built for them. They ride in comfort over the rails you laid for them. They put hammers in your hands and said... Drive so much before sundown. You sang, Ain't no hammer in this lane. Strikes like mine, Betty. Strikes like mine. They cooked you in their kitchen. They penned you in their factories. They gave you the jobs that they were too good for. They tried to guarantee happiness to themselves by shunting dirt and misery to you. You sang, Me and my baby gonna shine, shine, me and my baby gonna shine. The strong men keep a-coming on, the strong men get stronger. They bought off some of your leaders, you stumbled, as blind men will. They coaxed you, unwontedly soft-voiced, you followed away, then laughed as usual. They heard the laugh and wondered, uncomfortable, unadmitting a deeper terror, the strong men keep a-coming on, getting stronger." what from the slums where they have hemmed you what from the tiny huts they could not keep from you what reaches them making them ill at ease fearful today they shout prohibitions at you thou